0: The views and opinions expressed on the social shade tree do not reflect or endorse its participants or affiliates views. Some issues may be sensitive in nature. Listener discretion is advised. Views and opinions of Johnny Neal, II and Melvin Carter, the third, the host are theirs by listening. You agree to hold the host harmless. The social shade tree is created for informational and educational purposes only. Listeners are encouraged to seek their choice of legal, medical, financial tax, and or other professional advice as it relates to their situation. Happy listening. This is Johnny Neal and Melvin Carter III with the Social Shade Treat. And tonight we want to discuss with you issues pertinent to men of all races, however, uh, particularly the black male, fatherhood, what it entails, uh, the challenges associated with it. And we want to give some tips, tools and tactics to help navigate through what can be a scary journey for some and a joyous journey for others and sometimes joy and fear. And so we're on the phone tonight with Christopher Earl. He's a good friend of mine and he works in Los Angeles and he has the social work background. And then we also have Kenneth Thompson. And he does a lot of fatherhood initiatives out of the Austin, Texas area. And we just want to get started and um, ask some questions. And we're gonna be open and transparent because I think that's what people need. So gentlemen, with that, welcome. Um and I guess we'll get started by Melvin, did you wanna start out?
1: Oh yeah, we can start out. Uh we know that that uh a lot of our young brothers and and you know uh, are struggling with um I, I, I'm on, I'm almost going to say to the point of, and, and I don't mean this in a in, a, in a, difficult, a different. I don't know how to put it, but they they're struggling with their own identity, and, and when I say identity, I mean uh, struggling with manhood. Are you any one you, you, you guys take that question and kind of you know uh, marinate it and work with it, uh, and and and, and kind of explain to a young if a young brother was talking to you right now saying. What exactly are you talking about, man? You know, my identity and my manhood. What exactly is that?
0: Um, That's good. You want to tell, tell us a little bit about yourself too, Chris? With that? Yeah, sir, yes, bad. sir.
2: Yes, sir. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. So uh, greetings, everyone. Uh, Christopher Earl. I'm a mental health services coordinator with the Department of Mental Health here in Los Angeles County. I've been serving, serving in that position for over 21 years. I'm also uh, an associate minister with the minister, um, with the uh, city of Refuge. Bishop Noel Jones is my pastor. I'm a life coach and mentor as well, and uh, father of one. My father, my, my son, recently passed about two months ago. And so, um, with that, that, question is very thank Thank you, brothers. I appreciate that. Appreciate that. Your um, that question is very uh very important because I think there's a, a distinction between maleness and manhood. Maleness, of course, refers to genitalia and how we come into this world, uh, having having uh, X and Y chromosomes, uh, having male genitalia and such. But manhood speaks to the evolution, the maturity, the responsibility, um, the ability to provide, the ability to support. And I think oftentimes what what I'm noticing is, is that manhood is being defined uh, by everybody other than men. Uh, We're living in a society now where, um, you know, the way that the way that men of old move with respect to, um, you know, culture and how we, you know, how we conducted ourselves is unfortunately not as appropriate as it used to be. I mean, there's some people that have abused, uh, abused their their maleness, so to speak, their manhood, so to speak, and, and stepped outside of the lines. However, we, we're seeing that, uh, and and I'm walking a tightrope here, Doc. We're yes. seeing, we're seeing, we're seeing that uh, it just seems like we're living in a society where we're kind of we're kind of being pushed to the side. I'm a member of a of a group. Uh, we meet on Mondays, Johnny. You've been a part of that uh, that circle, uh, that fellowship of brothers, and we talk about it all the time, how we're constantly being um, we're falling under feminism in some senses. We're combating that uh, in in reality, Um, not to not speak against feminism uh, as a movement, but extreme feminism is what I'm speaking about. We're we're kind of falling like that sword. So uh, when I think about manhood, I think about being able to stand up and take responsibility, standing up and doing what what you need to do, not just for your home, but for society at at large. It's like just being being present and being accountable. That's
3: what I think of manhood. Uh, uh, responsibility. I, I, yeah. Uh, hi, my my name is Kenneth Thompson, uh, and and I do work for the state of Texas. Uh, uh, fatherhood. Uh, I've hosted shows uh, called the Dad Show, uh, and so I, I like to consider myself a a father advocate. I mean, I grew up uh, uh, knowing my father. Uh, uh, my father, I'd like to tell people that the temptation wrote the song for my father. You know, Papa was a roller stone. Wherever he laid his hat was a song. Um, uh, however, and I've been a father since I was 18. And so I, I thank God for that because it was the greatest gift that I've ever received in life. But if I was having a conversation with a young man about manhood, you know, and, and, and a lot would depend on where he he is at also in the stage of discovery. Uh, but I was talking to him and, and it was similar to some of the things that, that Chris was uh, articulating or uh, alluding to. You know, I was talking to him about what he's up against. All right. I would want to know what what his his family structure, what, what seeds had has been planted and cultivated for him around the essentials of, of manhood. Who role model those things for? Who role model uh, fatherhood or a manhood to him? Um, and then, as we're having those discussions, then my my role is is to is to try to give him options, you know, uh, uh, about you know his potential uh, in this manhood in this manhood arena. But also, while we're having this conversation about his potential, talk to him about what he's up against. Uh, I think Chris alluded to it in many ways, and particularly a black father. Uh, uh, there's there seems to be an imbalance uh, of attacks on on that black man and his psyche, uh, whether it's you know his physical psyche, his mental psyche, and, and and so he has to be conscious of those kind of things also. Uh, and so I, I would again talk to and talk to him about his value as as a man and, and and trying to also connect it to some historical things as well as, as we start talking about you know uh, 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 the future but talk to him about his value uh, as, as a man and again understand what's been cultivated with him and and, and and once I understand those begin to understand what's been cultivated, then I can decide what type of fertilizer in the terms of the conversation. That I may need, that I think perhaps will add to his his strength uh, about you know him pursuing his his discovery.
0: That's beautiful. I I want to piggyback on that because um, Chris and KT both hit on you. Well, Chris started out with talking about man, maleness versus manhood, and then it evolved into other things about what are the support systems for. Um, Supporting fathers, and so we look at what his values are, what the value structure are, what the value structure is. Uh, I want to ask a question where Melvin and I were talking about earlier. Emma um, and Melvin piggybacked on this earlier to, in a conversation we had previously. Uh, am I my brother's keeper? So, given that value structure, the support systems that we need. And I believe with, that we are our brother's keeper. What would you gentlemen add to that to say? What do we need to do to continue being our brother's keeper, or what sort of things can we put in place since you guys work in the mental health capacity and with dads? First, that we of can all help?
3: I, yeah, first I would say let's do this. Let's do this. First, first, you know, today being Memorial Day, let's just give a shout out to all those fathers who paid the ultimate price. Amen. You know? You know, that's, Amen. That, that's not, that's acknowledge those fathers uh, because, you know, when they paid the price, so did their family. Right. And so, uh, yeah. so, so the, the question is, uh, what, what was, one more time, the question.
0: Well, what sort of support systems w- are we our brother's keeper? So what sort of support systems can we put in place to enhance those values that will be supportive of fathers?
3: Let me say this. I think we should be our brothers' keeper. Amen. And, and, and then I would say this. There are many of us who are our brothers' keeper. And there should be many more. I, I, I think the way we should be our brothers' keepers, man, it, it, it's not complicated. I mean, I, I think we we go back to what got us through this thing. You know, we we love to, you know, we love to say things like. God has brought us a mighty long way and I mean we 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 love to be sloganists at times and, and don't get me wrong, I thank God but I think if we go back to what what's brought us this far and what's brought us this far, you know is is our commun- communicating with each other, acknowledging one another. we walk by each other each and every day in in, in places and we either we are too busy on the phone, or even when we look at each other, we don't even acknowledge each other. And so I think if we go back to some fundamental things that, that made us strong, and then I think also when we're having this conversation, we have to have a conversation that also in gaps. Uh, like I like to tell folks, I grew up in a neighborhood, but I live in a community today. And, and, and you think about that, See that resonates with a lot of folks because see the neighborhood was a little different, and what you want to do is try to give some of these young folks who lived in the community some of the aspects of what, what took place in the neighborhood among their own, or, you know, among 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 the among those who lived in the neighborhood. And so I, I'll listen to what Chris has to say.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. Uh, well, God Himself said that we are our brother's keeper, and and the uh, the references, of course. When God had the conversation with Cain after he had um, slain um, Abel, and he asked him, he said, "Well, where, where's your brother?" He says, "I don't know. I'm my brother's keeper." Mm-hmm. Well, the reality of it is, we absolutely are. We actually are a brother's keeper. We have a responsibility to each other to uh, lift each other up. Um, the saying goes, "He ain't heavy. He ain't too heavy for me." We can we can lift each other up. We can build each other up. The challenge is in that example is is that we understand that Cain was envious of the attention and the favor that God showed Abel. And so he acted out of his own, out of malice because he was envious of that. And so we have to understand that our enemy isn't us. Our enemy, our enemy doesn't look like us. Our enemy is not across from us. Our enemy is not our brother or our sister. Our enemy is a greater force. And so wow, if we can wow. understand that, if we can understand it and, and, and focus our attention <laughs> on that enemy rather than our brother, because here's the thing. If I love you, Johnny, and I see you as I see myself,
3: I won't kill you. Wow. See, see, Chris, that Chris, you're you're hitting on something here, man. And so and this is where the absence of, of of that conversation where we recognize our value, because when we value something, we tend to take care of it. But uh and and so when we think about this being our brother's keeper, you know, I don't know how to do it. You know, but it has to get to where at the youngest ages where they begin to understand and have some discernment about their value and their worth, and yep. it's not in the guns. You know, I mean, and, and we have to also be absolutely uh, clear with them is that systems and, and historical uh, attributes and the things have been set up has not always been set up in their favor, uh, and, and some of the results that they're seeing that they're dealing with, it's it is it, 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 it's, it's, it's systematic. It's not automatic. It is not automatic that we grow up and not be able to appreciate each other. Um, There's times when we have been in darker places, but we also made sure that we were the same ones who were shining the light. Yeah. You know, Mr. Jones often says, you
2: know, we run that slogan, we say that slogan, "Black Lives Matter." But the question is, Black Lives come, come on, come who, on. Who's it matter to? It should matter us more than anybody else. But we kill each other more than anybody else does, and that and that's a sad, that's a sad statistic. And not just black on black violence or gun violence or so-called black on black violence, black black crime, but even in and I'm not gonna I'm gonna touch on them but get off of. But even in the in the abortion rates, all those mm. kind of things that's considered as well. See, the reality of it is we have to value life in one another and appreciate one another. But again, uh, like Kenny spoke to, like Johnny spoke to, it starts with us recognizing who we are and having an appreciation for who we are in self, and then seeing our brother
3: across from us
2: as an extension of that.
3: I love the way I walk. You know, I, I mean, I love the way I, I walk because I know a little bit about who I am. Yeah. That's
0: true. I was, you know, you gentlemen touched on something and Melvin may want to jump in here shortly. But one of the questions sure. we wanted to ask was, um, so how can fathers uplift our community? Because we've touched on that and to unpack that a little bit further. Um, and you guys are like in the heart of the issue when it comes to social change and those programs. Because Chris probably sees a lot of people that we will look at as, you um, People who have issues—that's the, the nice way of putting it—and you know they have to deal with those through various coping mechanisms, and, and probably in some cases.
3: Yeah.
2: Well, I'm gonna say this, Doc. I'm um, gonna say this, Doc. One way—one way I look at it—is everybody's a part of my extended family. Now, here's the thing: we may not have came up together, we may not have the same mom and daddy, but we're—we're we're, we're citizens of humanity, right? We in human race. So if brother—if brother, if brother and so. Is out there getting down, getting down wrong and I can talk to brother so-and-so, I'm going to do that. I'm going to encourage him or, or sister so-and-so, I'm going to encourage him uh, the right way. I'm going to do that. Now, here's the thing. Uh, I'm also mindful of the fact that everything doesn't rest with me, right? Uh, right. But, if God, but if God brought it to my to my attention and if he's anointed me and appointed me to be able to speak into that situation, of course, I have to make sure that it's his words, not my words. But if he's giving me that opportunity to speak in somebody's life, uh, and this goes to mentorship or whatever it may be. Then it's my responsibility as a man going back to man to, to do that, because um, somebody had to do that for me. Somebody had you, to, you know, somebody had to whisper in my ear coming up. And, and, and it wasn't necessarily my pop. It wasn't necessarily the uncle or whatever. So maybe somebody else in the extended family who says, hey, young man, you can make it. Hey, young man, you can do this. And I think that's actually
3: what we should do. That's what I think we're charged to do as men. And I think it goes back to the the conversation we had about Brothers Keepers. Like like I said, I think in my neighborhood, we have these surrogate fathers. But I think when we think about what fathers can do to lift up community, I think the first thing we can do is take care of our family. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the first thing you can do is be present and take care of your family. Because I think what we all have recognized is that when we see a healthy father in a family, that has ripple effects, even when our father's not around. You know, there's... It's something about how he carries and conducts himself with his relationship with his children, with his family, and with his community. So I think that father has to be present. And I think also what we have to be conscientious of now, man, when we think about listening to our community, you know, the mental health stigma that that has, you know, has you know has always been hard for us black folks, us Negroes to to acknowledge, right? You know, and, and, but, but it's real. And I think we have to start to acknowledge it because on one hand, we want to acknowledge how much pressure and how unfair so many systems are that's integrated into our daily lives, right? But the one that we don't want to always acknowledge is perhaps the one we have with, with mental health. But I think the most important thing that fathers can do to uplift their community is be present. And, and then not only be present, but be selective at where you show up every every once in a while. Every once in a while, if you're good and you're a decent father and you have some bandwidth, then use that bandwidth to influence others uh, with your presence and with your actions and with your voice.
0: That's beautiful, because what I was going to say is, our, as we go along the line of, are we our brother's keeper? And Chris hit about this and KT hit about this. Um, You know, are there forms that we can do as we kind of continue to journey through this thing together? Like, for example, a lot of times people don't know how to do. uh, Some fathers don't even understand maybe uh, financial responsibility. Are there things involved in that? Kenneth hit on um, mental illness types of situations. Chris probably works closer with that than any of us. Um, You know, and then you guys hit on something earlier where you said it doesn't even have to be hard. It's just communicating. Are there things that we can do like fishing trips to get people involved where people just talk? So yeah. I mean yeah, those, I mean,
2: those things. I mean, definitely definitely you can you can definitely put together programs and there are programs that exist to do just that. And I think that that's uh, I think that's wonderful. But on an individual basis, I think what happens is I mean because between between those between those um, those programs, we, we have to be able to deal with things on the ground level, right? So I look at I look at um, a brother that I may know, um, or I, I, he may be in my he might be in my my circle of friends and we might hang out and and, and I know that he's estranged from his children right mm-hmm. and of course the conversation we we have he's transparent he's open You don't get along with baby mama okay well my question is what does that have to do with your relationship with mm-hmm. your children I get I get it. it's a hurdle it's a challenge I understand I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not ignorant to that but I look at it like okay well the reality of it is your children need you. Um, your children need you and your relationship with the baby mama may, may be strange. Shouldn't, shouldn't hinder your presence in your child's life. And I mean, it's period. You know what I'm saying? We, we just got to deal with it. Um, because, and I get it, it's complicated. There's all kind of reasons why mm-hmm. that's not the case. I get it. But, but I look at it this way. Um, Children need both parents, and I and I'll just go here for a second. I I'll hit on and get off of it. I was a single dad, you know, for most of my son's life. My son's mother was not 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 readily in the picture, not as involved. It was just me and him, and I took great pride in that. Right? Um, took great pride in that. But you know what? I wasn't mama. There, I could never be mama. I could only be daddy. I don't have, you know, you know, I could be a provider. I could be an encourager. I could be a leader. Um, I could be nurturing to some degree, but I'm not mama, and so children need both parents. It is what it is. That's that's the way the Lord created it, and so being present, like like uh, Kenneth said, you know, being present in our own families and making sure that we're there and doing what we need to do, uh, and spending quality time. Of course, the re- the reality of it is, Johnny, it's difficult to do that if you haven't been fathered yourself. It's difficult right. to father if you haven't been fathered yourself.
3: Mm-hmm. You know? That's That's what I was talking about. The cultivating, what seeds have been planted, right? And not only what seeds have been planted, who's planted them, right? That's true. Because because I think also my fathers is not there. We have what I call that hole in our soul, and that hole is alive. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, television feast. I mean, I want you to think of all of. us, Think about the music that we used to listen to. Some of you, uh, but think about the music that we used to listen to. And the music that our kids, some of our kids, listen to, and how that music informed who you are, or, or some part of a conversation about who you are. Now, also, if if, if back to the same person, if you had a support system, uh, you know, in, in your in your in your family or in your community, that kind of reinforced also that that value, uh, and then that also provided conversation places. I, I grew up in the project. Um, and, and, and with that, my father and I'll tell folks you know, it wasn't until I moved into the project is when I, I lived with everybody who was poor uh, before that when we lived into a neighborhood and even though we was poor uh, we also our neighborhood was integrated with doctors and lawyers and librarians and things of that nature where you could go to different places and hear different voices and, and then we had these places called barbershops right, you know, bar, barbershops right where you know there should be a conversation you know about finances and, and maybe what we have to start doing again is going back to our roots right and figuring out you know on on a, on a, on a beautiful Saturday uh how do we you know extend that conversation beyond the barbershop to you know about finance uh, uh, you know about about the value of time and so I think we have it and and I think also we have that, the churches, you know. The churches, you know. People say churches ain't what they used to be, and then I would say, well, hell, you know, it's the people who go to the churches. So if the is ain't what they used to be, then I think we're saying the people ain't what they used to be. Yeah. And so, uh, 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 and, and so, I would say those it's some natural selection things that work for us that for some reason we stop plugging into those things. I mean, even though those places offered us security, they offered us substance, uh, they offered us healthy conversations. Uh, for some reason, we have stopped plugging into those places.
0: I agree.
1: I agree with that totally. Uh, kind of switch the let's switch it around a little bit, and I want to talk about transparency because I believe and you know. Uh, what I've seen is a lot of have uh, so-called made it in, into certain segments of not as transparent when they come back to the neighborhood and letting the brothers and 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 and, the, and even the sisters know the process of how did they get where they got. You know, it, it was it it, it it was uh you transformed yourself into this individual, uh, even in the in the fatherhood and sense of. A Fatherhood, when you when you raise your kids, you're transforming your kids, and what you hopefully will be a great individual. How
2: important do you guys think that transparency is? I mean, I think it's key. I think it's key to be transparent because if anything, transparency um, can show somebody that it's not just them, and it's something that they can. You know, they conspire to overcome. If I'm going through something, but I see that Willie got through it because Willie was open and honest with me about his struggles, uh, it gives me some level of hope. And in some cases, if uh, I don't want to go down Willie's path, then uh, Willie being open and honest, hey, young blood, you don't want to do this. uh, Then maybe I don't follow that pathway. But oftentimes the thing I think we grew up in systems uh, where. You know, you know, people are afraid to uh confess their sins one to another or what they've overcome or what the Lord has delivered them from and act like they grew up in a vacuum and that they never did anything wrong. Well I think that that's that's that that's detrimental to uh anybody's development because the reality of it is all of sin and falling short of the glory of God. Everybody's messed up. So transparency and being open and honest is encouraging. One thing I can say is um you know, when I got to a point where my son was old enough to and mature enough to be able to handle some of the things, I would say, "Hey, man, look. I remember when I was your age. I, I used to tell him, I said, I used to, I've been your age twice, so I didn't, I didn't forgot more than you've ever done. So I, 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 I've done some of that stuff that you've been involved with. And here's, here's what I happened. One of the things I shared with him is, I found the Lord and started serving the Lord, and I have to do this because I used to do this, 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 this and that. I had, you know, and so that helped me. And hopefully that was a way of encouraging him. Hey, my dad had to go through it, you know, so why not I go through it? And why not I, over, why not I listen to some of the things he did to overcome it?
3: Right and, and, and when I hear the word transparency, when I think about our communities, again, I think uh, particularly those who that uh, we have labeled have, you know, made it. I, I think part of that, again, there has to be presence. Uh, and then they also have to be able to, you know, uh, you know, take the gloves off, you know, what I mean, still want to be able to put their hands on the plow. And, and I think coming back, to, uh, uh, you know, a return to the community with purpose, right? with purpose, with some level of engagement. If you have made it, then those 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 constructs that you have been around, that you perhaps have developed. Right bring some of those things back to to the neighborhood, bring it back to a youth organization and perhaps start a board, a board of directors where you give some parents who's not ever been on a board an opportunity to be on a board so they can hear, so they can now have something else to add to their resume that they have done from their community. You know, tie, 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 you know, deeds and actions together, right? With a, with a, uh, with a, uh, hopefully with a projected outcome. And so I think, when we think about transparency, come back, right? And, and and then uh just don't come back to take a picture. All right. Uh come Damn. back, you know, come back, right? To put your hands, you know, you know, you know, I, I like to tell folks that uh, uh I used to think that every man in my in my neighborhood was, was a preacher because they all had the right to lay hands on, right? In oh, a good oh. way. <laughs> you know. And so Come back and lay hands in a, in a healthy way on, on, on these young people. You know, create a program. You know, one, it's, it's nothing more frustrating to me when I see these brothers who uh, have done well uh, uh, in, in, in school and they come back and, and they went to the pros and when they come back, the first place they go to put their caps on are places that didn't look like the ones they grew up as kids. Preach. You know, and I'm saying, and but that's, again, again, that's that system working, that system been working against them, and if they haven't had anyone, again, in their ear talking to them about what this system would do to you, it'll be a few years before they recognize, hey, man, everybody that I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'm providing, and it's a good thing, but boys, nobody. I couldn't be at this training camp. I wouldn't be at my own training camp uh, if, if you know, if you know, I couldn't be at my own training camp if it was held in in a neighborhood like this where I grew up. Absolutely, my brother.
1: I, I feel like it's, I've been coming across a lot of, uh, of individuals lately who uh, who were a great great titles and and i'm i'm very proud of them and their success but when you say to them uh uh what is your responsibility to the to the community or what is your responsibility to your little brother then they become uh well i'm I, I take care of my own kids well mm-hmm. you know that wasn't the concept that i was accustomed to because my father was the, was the father for everybody in the neighborhood and, uh, and he took he, he, he fed and he led a lot of those brothers out of some of the toughest situations they could have ever been in. So uh, it, it is disappointing when you see these individuals who have have, have, have risen uh, and, and made good. But it also is disappointing to see that they're, they're not coming back and giving back in a way that is impactful for our communities. And I think that that's we've left our little brothers and sisters behind. So it's important that we we be as transparent when we walk up to them and they say, hey, man, this is who I am. You know, uh, yeah, I I may be the CEO of some major corporation. Let me tell you who I really am. Get to know me as a person. And I think that's the bridge building that we need in our society to,
3: to build that bridge so that these young brothers and sisters can walk across. 100%. 100%. I, I I can't do nothing but echo what you said. And and I think like here in Austin, I, I know um, I've had the pleasure of naming a building uh, after four uh, brothers. Uh, uh, Mr. Lawrence Britton, a, a, a former uh, L.C. Anderson High School coach, a guy by the name of Levada Durst. Levada Durst uh, was known around it's, it's, Dr. Hipcap, one of the first black DJs in America, James Howard, who started the East Austin Youth Foundation, and Donald wow. Smith, you know. And, and part of that is, is about that transparency, right? Where young people can say, you know, what, you know, why you name these, this, why these men have their neighborhood. not that others could not, but the, the work that they've done in the community for families and for the community as a whole, uh, I mean, I, and I think we have to have those messages. I mean, I think we have to be the only of us who are in the game, we have to be the messengers uh, as often as possible. because we, we, we recognize what, we, what they are up, what, the, what we are up against. And I like to say that we walk, we walk with the winds at our faith, and many others, many others, walk with the wind at their back. And getting our young people to understand that analysis. I mean that that hey you can you can you're walking the same distance, but hey, there's you're walking into something. And mm-hmm. sometimes they are walking, you know, you know, and, and so get them to understand that they can't do some of the same things that they want to do, that they can do them, but perhaps there's some consequences. That transparency is about being honest about the real world that our children are going to enter at any given time. Amen.
0: That's true. I got a question um, to go along with what you gentlemen have been saying the whole night. So kind of to add to that, how important is it, because you talked about cultivating men and cultivating our brothers, um, you know, go, we grew up in neighborhoods, but now we live in communities. And I'll start with Chris because I know Chris has a great answer for this. I don't mean to put you on the spot, brother. But how important is it for for us as black men to create the narrative of mm. our legacy?
2: Mm. <clears throat> well, it's very important because uh, nobody can tell our story like we tell our story. And we don't want our story diluted. We don't want our story changed. We don't want our our story manipulated. We don't want we don't want other people to uh, in history define us as being um, uh, substandard or less than or uh, inadequate or, or not powerful. The reality of it is the opposite is true. We we have great influence. We're strong. We're 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 we're, uh, we're men of God. We're we're um, we're leaders. We're resilient. We've overcome. You know, um, those of us that did su- su- survive the middle passage had to come here and build and build and build America. You see what I'm saying? And we had to do that all while, um, you know, masses were threatening Masses were threatening to beat us and lynch us and, and, and lynching our our sons and our and our fathers in front of us. So we've overcome a lot as, as, as black men in this country. So we have a we have a right to tell the story the way it needs to be told, and we have a right to stand in that strength and represent that strength uh, throughout our communities. Because here's the thing. Our women understand that. Our women understand that. They understand who we are. And that's why a lot of them are, a lot of them are uh, disappointed in some of us not riding to that standard. Look, we weren't made, we weren't created just to know about a jail cell. We weren't created for that purpose. We're not supposed to live that. We, we, we were created to, do, to, to not only lead our communities, but guess what? Own businesses. Employ people. You know? It used to be that you, you 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 was you was afraid of Mr. Willie because Mr. Willie didn't play. So, he, so we don't need to be diluted. We don't need to be we don't need to be cast aside. We don't need uh we don't ha- we, we shouldn't be regulated to jail or prison or substandard living because um the woman shouldn't have to be as strong as she is. She should be able to lean and depend on us. We're the covering, and she should be able to say, "I got, I got a, I got, a, I got a stallion here. I got a king here who can take care of all of us." And that's where I think it's important for us to continue to tell that story. So, yeah, we need we need to tell our own narrative. We need to create our own narrative and stop letting other people create our narrative for us. I don't want to look on the news and uh, and see that uh, it was a black man who did this. No, it was a black man who created a a legacy, and we're going down a legacy conversation too at some point. But yeah, that, that's what it's about.
3: Let, let me follow up with that. And I, and I think why it's so important for us to create the narrative, because history tells us if we don't, it won't be the truth about it. If we don't create our own narrative, then we already know that history has told us, and it tells us every day, right, that it won't be truthful about who we are, right? And so that's why it's important for us to to create the narrative, but also it's important for us to create the narrative so we can pass it down. We can pass it down. One of the things that that we have done in my household to to you know to create the narrative, we we have a family motto. I mean, we have a family motto, and what that family motto does for us is that it has it has created it has. It has seen to legacy. And something that, that I didn't have with my father, but but I can tell you that my son, if you asked him what the family motto is, and he would just say, I was just, it's never surrender. Never surrender. The first part of never surrender to the thought that you, you're better than someone, never surrender to the thought that someone is better than you, never surrender to the thought that you can't do what God has placed you here to do. And the second part of that, that that part of, and then always keep the faith. If you do right, eventually right will do you. But son, let me tell you something. Just because you do right, don't mean everybody's going to do it right by you. Having that legacy, leaving that legacy to have that conversation, right? So that's why it's important for us to create the narrative. And 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 the closer we create it with our with our family, the stronger our families will be. Because if we recognize anything throughout history, the the thing that 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 has been detrimental to us is the destruction of the family. And that has happened, that happened as the brother talked about the middle passage. The horrible things that, that, that this human done to us in terms of separating the family. And so that's why it's important for us to create the narrative for our legacy because we know we are the only ones who's gonna tell the truth. About who and what we are. That's
1: beautiful. Speaking power, but you're speaking powerful, man. I mean, that is uh, you. When you know, the problem is that his story is his story, not our story. And uh, and so right now, people are trying to rewrite the narrative on a lot of things. Including rewriting us out of history, you know, as if you know slavery never existed, the Middle Passage, and all those things didn't exist, you know. And uh, you know, I was I think Texas even put us down as sharecroppers. I mean, you know, and, and it was a good thing that we came to the United States and worked for free for four hundred years. So I, I think it's very important. You guys are, are really hitting on some things about or uh, writing our own story.
3: When, let me just say this to us about you know, no matter what they they write, uh, uh, they can write it and they can write it what kind of ink they want to write it in. But it's something that God has done. From this, in my opinion, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I can reproduce in and everything. Whatever I impregnates becomes me. Whatever mm-hmm. impre- whatever impregnates me becomes me. And so whatever created this DNA that all the way down to this chromosomes and all of these things, whatever created it says there's something about who I am and what I am, it's gonna be here for a while. No matter what they, no matter what, what they try to create, it's something about the naturalness of this order, this order has placed me here to be here and so i'm just and i'm okay with that
0: that's beautiful i want to add and i and i as we're gonna get ready to wind up here you know melvin and i have these t-shirts that we're putting out there and giving people and well actually people can purchase them but you gentlemen are gonna get one from us because we always talk about the difference between a father and a daddy Yeah. and Mm. sometimes you have what we call the daddy difference And on that, you know, when I was thinking about the daddy difference, what I realized is on these shirts, it says a father is this Um, fearless. And when you when you run it down in a certain way, it spells father. But my definition of a father is this fearlessly amazing, strong, faithfully and unselfishly present.
3: Mm. Yeah, right right on, right on.
0: And And to me, that's the daddy difference. And so we want to we want to use this platform and um, the social shade tree and any opportunities that we can take with you guys to use your platform just to help fathers have a daddy difference. I know my daddy, uh, I talk to him every day still, and he's made a huge I couldn't even I can't count how much and Christopher's father uh, Mm -hmm. has poured into a lot of people's lives and Melvin's dad and. Um, you know, and Kenneth, and just it's just, it's it's important for us to push um, and to uplift everybody trying to make a difference as a father.
3: And the reason why we should, and the reason why we should is because we know that father, good father is good. And we know the outcome. See, that's the other thing is, and see, but not only do we know the outcome, elements of the system know that the outcomes also and so that's why we have to get to us early not just to the males we have to get to our females also right to talk about the value that that father adds to the table to the conversation yeah. kids do better at every stage of life with when fathers when they have a healthy father in their world Amen.
0: beautiful yeah. amen
2: Lastly, I'll, I'll say this real quick and I'll be brief. You know, one of the things that I realized that the moment I found out I was going to be a father, that I was going to have a child, I was going to bring another person into this earth, into this world, is I realized that I have a sense of responsibility and that anything and everything that I do not only just affects me, the consequences don't just affect me, but they affect um, everybody connected to me and in particularly my child. See, the reality of it is, and I used share this with my son and I've shared this with others, the reality of it is, is that we can actually engage in whatever we want to engage in. But when there's somebody connected to us, our sometimes the consequences affect them as well. Wow. So for me, that's what it means to be a daddy is realizing that I have to be responsible because my consequences, my the consequences of my decisions affect everybody, not just me. So I'm connected to something much bigger than me. And so that's that's the way I look at it in terms of following being connected to something much bigger than me.
0: Beautiful. Melvin, did you have anything else you wanna say before we close Uh, out?
1: These brothers have said it all. I mean, this this is this is I I feel like we just on the block chopping it up (laughs) (laughs) and and just just giving just giving that good stuff, you know, to you know, I would I hope that a lot of uh, other people will sit and and listen to to the word, the wise words that you guys have been been speaking on. Because I mean, you know, we kind of intertwine that father that father thing into manhood, into all those things that that creates what God has has created. I think is the greatest gift of all is 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 man, in which in our case, black men, you know. So, uh, man, hey, uh, you all are kings, bro. I'm, I'm so I'm so proud to be speaking with with kings of uh, kings of the uh, of the kingdom.
0: Right know so, man. And so for our show notes, is there a way that people can reach out to you, gentlemen, um, or do we just put it in our information for them to reach out to you if they want to get in touch with programs in the Los Angeles area or as well in the Austin area?
3: If yeah. they if they want to reach out to me in Austin, you know they can always find me on that you know on. I have a Facebook profile, right? You know, they can always find me there, right? Uh and so that's that's probably the best place to find me for a forums such as this. Yeah.
0: Perfect.
2: Yeah, same with me. Um Facebook um and us uh, um Instagram, social media. Um they can reach out to me either way.
3: Hey Curtis, I, hey man, and, and Chris, I need to reach out to you also. I mean, I need to I want to connect with you as well through that medium sir. as well, my brother.
2: Yes, sir, brother.
3: I welcome it. Good to system. meet
0: you. No, so I'll and I'll get everybody's information and we'll share and we'll. This won't be the last time, so I'm gonna add um, this new uh, how we, offer an offer to people. So, uh, Melvin, what what do you always say?
1: As I've always said, the struggle is real. So, brothers, we gotta get real with the struggle. <laughs> right on. Right and, on.
0: And, and 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 along those lines, we hope the information we shared with you was helpful and insightful. And our prayer is that you, the listener, will impart upon others the knowledge that was shared with you so that we as a community can continue to be strong as such. And when we meet again, we vow to continue sharing this ever expanding circle of knowledge However, should the Lord call us home in the meantime and between time, we will humbly bow in submission to his will, and we pray that the circle of love, knowledge, and power will continue to be unbroken. Gentlemen, thank you so much. You're welcome. We so much, you.
3: Gentlemen, all
2: right. Peace, I King.
0: You,
2: yes, sir. You got
0: it, brother. All right.
2: Blessings.